Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of Hydrate Level 4, where I get the opportunity to interview recording artist Aeronetic. He talks about growing up in San Diego, California, and being Asian American, getting into b-boying at a young age, getting into music. He talks about being a Jabberwocky, being on America's Got Talent. And he's clearly passionate about the Lao Pride movement too, which he's trying to help spread the word among the Lao community. Uh, he's got endless stories, and he is such a great listen, and this is my interview with him. All right, Sabaydi, Aaronetic, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, now, this is actually the very first time that uh, I didn't, you know, I, I'm not interviewing somebody that's uh, uh, part of the, you know, the industry, whether it be like an author, a director, what have you. Uh, you are actually my very first recording artist. Uh, and not only that, you are uh, Laotian, so you are my people. And that's actually uh, the biggest reason I wanted to bring you on here to kind of, you know, uh, to talk about you and kind of highlight, you know, your career here as a uh, Laotian uh, recording artist. Um, I want to start with, you know, just talking about like your upbringing. Uh, I know that you're from Dago, right? San Diego. Yes, sir. And uh, also you are, how, how many uh, kids are in the family? You're the youngest of three? The youngest of three, yes, I am. Youngest of three, and also the first uh, uh, American-born. What what was it like growing up in San Diego uh, and being the the youngest child? Uh, growing up uh, in San Diego, like uh, I wouldn't have any other way. Like I feel like San Diego is such a beautiful city. Um, I, I grew up. I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood, but I feel like the fact that I grew up in that neighborhood it made me uh, become the man I, I I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, being the youngest, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't too babied, like the youngest, I wasn't a brat ever. Um, I feel like my mom always kept us in check and, uh, didn't really treat us like, um, didn't really spoil us at all. You know, we, we've always, um, we all came from a struggle. She was working hard. My dad was working hard. Um, so we didn't, I didn't really have the effect of being the youngest because we all came up together. Like, my brother and I, we're, like, best friends, you know. He's my bigger brother, but um, we do everything together, you know. He's, he's like, my best friend. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, from that, like, I uh, like I said, we didn't come up from the best neighborhood, but my parents were smart and they didn't put us into school in that neighborhood. We, like, drove, like, 30 minutes down south to, like, the good neighborhood to go to, you know, um, middle school and high school because um, she knew that, you know, the schools around our neighborhood were bad and we probably would have ended up in, like, you know, a gang or, you know, so, something in that nature. Yeah. But um, I feel like that that was a big part of our life, too, like the fact that we, every day we lived in the hood. I would play in the hood after school, you know, play football on the street or, or basketball at the park or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but the fact that we went to like a good school and be around all these good kids, it kind of like made us think a different way. And, uh, you know, and then I found, you know, dancing, I found make, uh, making music and I just really focused my mind on that so I could, you know, pursue, pursue that dream and become successful in whatever way I could. 
Now, with your parents working a lot, uh, was uh, was there like a lot of discipline in the house? Oh yeah, there's so much discipline, man. Like my my dad, he works so much. Like I I didn't see my dad too much, um, because he was always working, man. He he would leave before I would leave to school, and he would come home as I was getting to bed. You know what I mean? He he he's he's like this. Uh, he worked in a printing shop, so he was a printer. He made. Um, I don't know. Maybe if your parents have like Lao calendars or something for that temple, that's probably made by my dad. To be honest, like oh, he okay. goes all these different temples across the U.S. Go to him to make these like um, calendars or um, like all these Lao things. He was always the guy, you know what I mean, to make to print things. So he was always working really hard. But he was the guy who was like that. I was always like kind of afraid of in a way because like he was so disciplined. This one time I got like suspended from school. He came home hella late, woke me up, and like, it's just not having it. You know what I mean? Like, he got a call from his cell phone. It was crazy. But and my mom itself, my mom was a discipliner though. My dad was more level headed in a way because, um, it was he was he wasn't the nice guy, but he was like uh he kind of understood and was more just carefree in a way. You know what I mean? But my mom yeah. was the one disciplining. Like my mom was the one that just would put you in check, like straight up. But she she. She was the one yelling all the time. She was the one yelling the time. She was the one like getting that fly swatter ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she was the lady, my mom. So that's the lady that we're always afraid of. But she worked really hard too. She she has like a Lao business. She sells Lao music, Lao clothing, all that stuff. So she she was always working as well. And um, coming home from school, getting picked up, it was always my grandpa. You know, rest in peace. He passed away about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, actually. But he was the one that was um, watching us at home. But then we was always outside playing in the yard anyway. So, with your with your parents working a lot, did it put uh, any kind of pressure on your brother to to kind of be like a uh, I guess lack of a better word like a father figure to you as well? Or I know you mentioned that he's like your yeah. best friend too. Yeah, my brother was like a like straight up like my brother's the one who um, kept me in check as a big brother. You know what I mean? So if I was to do something really dumb, he was always the one that I would actually be afraid of because he was a bigger brother. We're, we were only four years apart. I feel like now is a different story because we're older now. But as a you know, when I was young and he was in high school or whatever, and I was younger, still in elementary school or middle school, like he was always the one disciplining me in the way where I didn't want to get beat up or anything by my older brother because he was always the one that was really to lay hands. You know what I mean? But he was he 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 was always a good kid though. He he's the He's the golden child of the family. He went to college. He he has a career as an engineer, but he he's still how I am. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that, that that's a big inspiration in my life with my brother because, you know, we came from the same struggle, but he accomplished so much in the uh, professional field, you know, and but he's still doing what I'm doing. Like you know, we 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 both dance as well, so he's still dancing, and we still put a lot of effort into that as far as our whatever our career path is, you know. But he was, he, my brother was a big influence and he did really raise me, made sure I, I didn't like go and do drugs or go and, you know, join gangs and stuff. Cause we we're always around, around that vibe. But I feel like if it wasn't for him, I probably would have been something different. Cause my head is like all over the place, you know? Right. But he, he, uh, he was a big part of, uh, making, making sure that I didn't get involved in all that. Yeah, you you mentioned that he's a, a big influence. I I imagine that he uh, you also credit him for like getting you into like uh, b boying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
In your bio, you mentioned that at the age of 10, you got into b-boying and also rapping. What mm-hmm. happened uh, at the age of 10 that made you get into these things? Um, before, um, like I said, I was always a, a sports kind of guy. So I was, I was in the football teams. I was in the basketball teams. I was in leagues. Uh, I was always playing. I started playing, you know, in the neighborhood with everybody on the street, you know, on the concrete. I was into sports heavily. I was skateboarding too, like a ten-year-old skateboarding. I was really into that. Um, I feel like, man, if I was if I stayed skateboarding, I would have been like a professional skateboarder or something. But uh, we, we stopped doing that. But anyways, with the whole breaking thing, I saw my brother. Um, he he started a few months before me, and he was trying to dance in the backyard. And he was just like, you know, he was b-boying, he was breaking, breakdancing. Um, and uh, we're always kind of making fun of him in a way. Because we're like, what are you trying to dance? Because like, you know, you get kids from, you know, from the hood. And we're like, why are you trying to dance? Like, that's such a girly thing to do. Like, you know, what are you doing right now, you know? So he looked pretty dumb doing it, to be honest. But then, you know, summer break came around. He's like, yo, man, just, just try it. I'll teach you guys, you know, how to spin around, whatever. He didn't really know what he was doing anyways, but... You know, everybody else in the neighborhood like, all right, fine, we'll find it. Summer break, might as well, right? So we're all there. Went to the front yard. We got some floor out, um, you know, put it on top of our dirt. You know, got, like, carpet and, like, put linoleum and stuff. So we did that. And then um, he started teaching us what he knew, the little that he knew. And then from there, we're just, we got competitive with each other because we're all competitive. We're all trying to beat each other in a way. So um, I think from that itself, just having everybody else doing it and, you know, having my brother there, we just kind of pushed each other and it just became something that we're like, oh, we want to get better. We want to get better. So um, that's how my dancing career became about. And then during during the same time as that, if we're not dancing, we would be like messing around, play a beat and just freestyle and just rap just for fun. And I mean, we weren't that good, but... Um, just like messing around, you know what I mean? It's yeah. part of just the hip hop lifestyle, you know. So we would you play start a beat somewhere, you yeah, know? yep. So we would just sit in the front porch and just play a beat when we're not dancing. We just start freestyling, you know, rap about dumb stuff. But sometimes it wouldn't rhyme. Sometimes it would. But yeah, so that's like the upbringing of how I started dancing and rapping. See, like uh, me and my cousins, I have a similar story as well. Like you know, I used to uh, freestyle with the cousins, and that's where I kind of started. And like in middle school and high school, I used to write a lot of uh, raps myself, you know, a lot of like love raps and stuff. And, uh, you know, I had a couple singles, didn't get as far or anywhere even close to to like not even a fraction of what you're doing now. But um, I, I think what started us to kind of really even doing that for fun was Lausta. Yeah, hell you yeah. Know? So for those that don't know, you know, it's a, uh, you know, two guys that are uh, Laotian, you know, from San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took a bunch of beats and wrote a bunch of uh, songs in in English and Lao, you know, uh, gangster style, you know, and it, it got really popular. It went viral. And I think it inspired like a lot of Laotian kids and well, Asian kids at that, you know, yeah, like, hey, yeah. they did it. We can do it, too. You know, so, yeah, so, so we did that ourselves. Um when did you decide to like that you wanted to pursue like music because uh you know I, I haven't mentioned at this point yet but you know you um you know you do have a couple albums out uh one just uh earlier this year mm-hmm. second wind here so w- when did you decide um that you were going to get serious and pursue pursue rapping it wasn't really like a decision it kind of just happened it, i mean long story short um 
like I said, the love songs, the girls came, right? I was in, I was a freshman year of high school. In middle school, middle school, I started recording just for fun, just on my own, uh, with like a little computer mic. It was actually started with like my little laptop. I recorded straight on a laptop, like whatever program was, I forgot the program, but I was just recording on that. But I really got serious uh, freshman year of high school because of girls, you know? Um, getting to girls, getting like little relationships and just making songs for them, Valentine's Day. One month anniversaries, you know, you know those little monthly anniversaries that we used to do. But yeah, I would do that as like a gift, you know, just trying uh-huh. to impress a girl. And I, I, I would look back and listen to those tracks like, oh my god, it's the most corniest, like whack stuff ever. But, um, you know, that's once I put that stuff on the internet, it started with MySpace, right? I put on the MySpace, and you know, whoever knew me then would share it or whatever was put on bulletin posts on MySpace. And then um, from there, I started getting a little buzz. And then from there, it just started coming and started piling up. So people were actually listening to me. And I was actually a really uh, shy dude when it came to music. So a lot of my friends actually didn't even know that, you know, I was an artist. I was making music. They knew me as a dancer. Dancing is like my, my main thing, right? Because I was always pushing. I was never shy when it came to dancing because I always felt that I was good with it. But when it came to music, it was like, this is different because um, I'm starting in high school and uh, now I'm kind of realizing it. You know, you're, you're a high school person, so you, you, start, you start to know things a little more. So I was always shy about it. But then, you know, I was like, whatever, man, I'm just going to put this out there see what happens. So people actually started listening to me. And then um, from there, that was like, oh, okay, people actually like, like, these, like these songs. So I get, might as well make some more. And then, then I started marketing myself, my like just learning how the social media game goes, and just um, putting myself out there. And then from there, and just kept going, and the rest is history. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so were you too young for Asian Avenue? Uh, nah, I actually had an Asian Avenue page, but I was young though. I was super young. That was like back in middle school though. Asian Avenue, the whole Geo Cities thing. Right. I was right. around. <laughs> Z- I was around during Zanga time. I remember that. Zanga was around, yeah, so right after Zanga, it went to MySpace, you know, so I was there, I was young, but I was there, but during that time, I, I didn't record music yet, though, I was dancing, right. though, I, I was like a little, you know, a little breakdancing kid, but um, MySpace is when I really started um, having music, because they had the MySpace music page, right, so um, once I started gaining followers and stuff, like, that kind of just um, pushed me more, because then I was like, okay, I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this for other people too because they're actually appreciating what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. that's got to feel rewarding in itself. You know, yeah, yeah. of course, people, I love people it. want yourself. Yeah. Uh, so after high school, uh, you actually went on. Uh, uh, you you made an appearance on uh, NBC's America, America's Got Talent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2011. So that was after high school. Yeah, that was, I was. Uh, I graduated in 2010, but then right out. Um, right when 2011 came around, um, I was my, one of my homies. He was in this group called the Body Poets, and he was like, "Yo, man, um, we got this direct invite to America's Got Talent, and he really wanted to be part of it." And I was 18 already. At the time, they only allowed 18 and ups. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was like, "Okay, I'm fresh out of high school. Um, I was gonna go to college, but..." <laughs> you know what I mean? I I really wanted to pursue the dream, so I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." I, I was working at the time too. I, I was teaching teaching so much, dancing. I was teaching a lot of kids, teaching 
even adults, I was teaching so much. So um, this was a big step for like, you know, my career as a dancer. So I was like, all right, let's do this, man. So we went to Regis Got Talent. Yeah, we was on the show. We got eliminated, but, you know, it's all good. So that was 2011. What was the experience like uh, just being on the, on the show? Oh, man, it was crazy. I mean, with, with us, like, we, we, we got kind of the easy route because we got the phone call. So we didn't have to, like, stand in the line that went across the whole neighborhood, you know? Because people audition from, like, forever and ever. But we kind of we kind of passed the... Uh, open auditions and went straight to um the actual taping so you know i got to meet nick cannon and and um who was who judging howie howie day um sharon osborne and uh i forgot the european guy what's his name oh gosh you know what i i i only watch the clips uh, that people share <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i forgot whatever it was but we went yeah. straight to this taping um so we went straight fresh and we made it through. They all said yes, and it was like the, just that feeling of stuff. Cause it was my first time actually doing a something on TV, so that was already an accomplishment. Like, oh my god, like this big production, and there's like a big crowd. We're in a you know big theater, so there's hella people watching, and um, it was a live taping. You know what I mean? And we went straight. We went straight to the live taping. We didn't do any all these other audition rounds, so we're like fresh. No one knew who, who we really was, and. Um, Right when they all said yes, all three of them said yes. Like it was the best feeling. The clips on YouTube, like you could you could just see the uh, the emotion, and it was it was real because it wasn't like other TV shows where you got to keep retaping those emotions. You know what I mean? Because I, I did a few TV shows after that, and it was like, all right, this is not reality. Like like it was reality the first time we did it, but now you're making us keep trying to reenact it. You know what I mean? So everything was genuine, and we were just so happy. Then we went to Vegas and, you know, did that. And then after that, we got eliminated. But um, just the experience itself, it was, we learned a lot. And it was just a great feeling just having, just having that in our, in our life. You know what I mean? Yeah, it must have been really surreal. Uh, yeah. For any of the listener, listeners that are uh, interested in that video clip, uh, I will include that in the show notes uh, for easier access. Uh, so after your elimination, uh, you or the group received a call from the Jabberwockies? Mm-hmm. Uh, me. Uh, just me, myself, actually. I, uh, I had a friend. His name was Raynan. He was the original mm-hmm. Jabberwocky member. Um, he's the Asian guy that does the head spins and stuff. Uh, but he, uh, he was in San Diego um, shortly after America's Got Talent. He came here to do like a little dance battle. And I was there, um, and we reconnected because this is like they just won uh, America's Best Dance Crew, and they started doing their thing in Vegas. And I haven't seen him in like two, three years. But he saw me as a little kid, so we always knew each other because, uh, like I said, with dancing, I, I, I uh, you know, I got around with dancing. So um, he definitely knew who I was, and we were, we're homies. So uh, he came to San Diego to visit, do this dance battle. He went back, and then a few weeks later, um, well, we, we, we exchanged numbers at the dance battle. Then a few weeks later, he, he uh, texted me. He was like, yo, man, like, I was like, are you, are you 18 yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm 18, man. He's like, yo, man, like, uh, it would be cool if you, you know, you started performing with us. Um, I was like, well, really? He's like, he's like, yeah, man, like, we need some dancers. Um, you know, they're behind a mask anyway, you know, so the, people can't really tell. But um, he was like, yeah, we need more dancers. We got to stack up cast. We got all these opportunities coming up. And we can't all do it, you know? So we need more people. And it's like, I really want you to be part of it. And I was like, 
tripping. I was like, I was in the car. I was I was texting him in the car. I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. And he was like, I need you here next Friday. It was on a Friday. I need you here next Friday to come to Vegas. I'm like, wait, what the heck? Like, I'm barely 18. Like, I'm still at my parents' house. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And I was about to start college, bro. Like, like I, I, I right after high school, like, I, I didn't go to college because, like, had America's Got Talent and, like, all these other things I was doing. And I signed up for college, had everything done, my financial aid done, all, all these things done. I was going to start the next month. Oh, wow. And he gave me that call. I was like, I need you here next week. I'm like, oh, crap. Then I hit on my brother, like, yo. Well, I hit him up. I was like, yo, man, it would be cool. My brother was down with it, too. My brother, was he, he works as an engineer. Right. Um. So he, like I said, he, he's like, he's, you know, that, that guy. He's a golden child. But he was an engineer. And um, I was like, yo, man, like, Randy's down and have you in it, too, if you want to go do this with me or not. My brother's like, why not? You know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You're going to live in Vegas, perform. Let's just go. So we packed up our things and we just went. Like, my brother quit his job straight up. Wow. He quit his engineering job, bro. Like, he's he's an engineer. He quit it. So like, let's go live the dream, man. So he went. We went. We rehearsed. We learned the show. We did our thing. And um, I think it was a little over six months after that. Um, I was already living in Vegas, um, you know. He told us how much we we're going to make, and we got our own place and all that. And I was independent already at the age of, like, 18, almost 19. Um, and off of just this dancing thing, you know, with the Jabberwocky. So it was, it was really a fortunate opportunity. Um, I got to go to Las Vegas with them. I, I mean, not Las Vegas. I went to Australia with them. So I was in Australia for a little less than half a year. My brother actually quit the Jabberwockies right before that. Before uh, Australia? Before Australia, yeah. He was like, you know, I'm going to go back to San Diego. Um, and he just wanted, you know, he did, he enjoyed it. He's like, all right, I'm going to go back to you know, what I went to school for, you know. So he went back to San Diego. Um, and uh, now he's back with his engineering job and he's doing that stuff now, right? So, yeah. but me, I was like, I have nothing really going for me. <laughs> like, I already skipped out on college for this. Like, I'm just going to go to Australia. So I lived in Australia for almost six months. And then, um, I came back to Vegas, did some more things, and I was like, all right, it's time to move on. So then I had to call it quits with the Jabberwockies as well after about two years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, an amazing opportunity, you know, to, to be offered such a, you know, like, uh, I guess you can call it like almost a once-in-a-lifetime thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you being so young, you know, why not? Why, why not do it? You know, why live in the what if? You know, what if uh, had I gone? What if I didn't go? You know, yep. so that, that man, good on you for, for uh, giving that a shot because, you know, opportunities like that don't just fall in your lap, you know. So if it does, you got you got to take advantage of that for sure. So after uh, all the b-boying and traveling the world here, how, how did your uh, your music career start up? My uh, my music was always uh, was always there, but it was nothing. It wasn't ever my concern. You know what I mean? I was always concerned about dancing because I knew dancing was was the thing that was going to make sure I live, make sure I eat. You know, dancing was my my main forte. You know what I mean? Music was always something I did for fun. Like I said, I did it for girls. I, You know, something for relationships. and I just did it because I, I liked it. You know, I really liked it. And then I released, I actually released my album during I was in the Jabberwockies. Because I had so much time, all I did was perform at night at these at these casinos in Vegas. I just perform every night. 
had nothing going on in, during the day. So I had so much time to, you know, make music. So that's when I released my first album, uh, Masterpiece. It was independent. You know, it was an independent album. I recorded it all myself in my bedroom. And it was actually a pretty successful album. You know, I, I did some some loud New Year stuff and sold a lot over there. People, a lot of people supported. Um, and from that, I was like, okay, like people are actually, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. Um, but there was always that downfall. You know, I gained so much throughout high school. Um, a lot of the following that I had was through music, to be honest. Um, because as a dancer, I never really got like known through dancing on the internet. It was always known through music because everybody can relate to music. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I was getting my followers, followers, or my you know my networking through music. So people were always there, and they knew I danced, right? And then when the Jabberwockies thing, I was more dancing. I kind of stopped me. I didn't stop music, but it wasn't like my main thing that I was pushing out. So when I released that first album, I started pushing things out more. But right after that, I reached another downfall with music. Then people, people kind of just grew out of it. You know, we're older now, right? We're we're not these high school kids no more. We're older. We're adults now in college or whatever. And all my fans kind of grew out of me, right? Grew out of that stage. Because you could be stuck in this like lovey thing for so long, right? Um, so I, I made a new EP. It's not an album. It's like half an album. It's called an EP. Mm. I did that um, in 2013. And it was called Surge. And the whole Surge thing is like, you know, like just the meaning of Surge, right? I'm just, okay, just, I'm going to Surge back up and, and, and bring this music stuff back. And that itself was a flop. I'm like, no one listened to it. No one bought it. Um, no one really cared for it. Because like, I, I stopped making music for so long because of this whole dance thing that mm. people forgot or people just grew out, out of me. My whole fans just shifted. I was like, dang, I pretty much have like zero fans now or zero supporters with music. I was like, dang, okay. Well, I guess I got to dance more. That's when dancing came more and more. I started dancing so much, doing all these shows, traveling. Dancing went crazy for me, right? And then, but music was always something that I I really enjoyed so much, man. Like music, when I'm in the studio or just recording or even writing, like I'm in a whole different world, you know. So that's why I released this this last album, Second Wind. That's why I called it Second Wind. I was thinking of a name. I was like, it's, it's Second Wind. Because now I feel like I'm going to catch my second wind. Because I came off a high, right, with music, and I hit a downfall. I was like, all right, well, let's catch a second wind. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back up. Um, I had surgery on my arm. You know, right here, I had surgery. And uh, I, I did a, a TV show in Atlanta. It's called True TV Fake Off. I did that. I was doing some promo shows in LA, and in one of the shows, I pretty much broke my arm. I didn't break the bone, but I uh, teared my tendon. I have a donor tendon now, like you know, from a dead person. Oh wow! Um, my whole triceps all messed up. Like my whole right arm, I'm right-handed, so my right arm is like torn apart. So I had to give up dancing for a whole year. I had surgery, and it was serious. You know, I was like, dang, like what am I gonna do now? And I was like, there's music right there. It's calling me. Let's push out a new album. Let's let's make sure I do it right this time. So I got a, I, you know, I uh, I met with these people. They're called a Collective Society. 
Um, they're like a, a creative group out here in San Diego. I met with them one time, and then from there we kind of vibed out. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe these guys I could actually, you know, I could trust these guys and actually create something good with them, you know. Mm. So shout out to Collective Society guys for actually, you know, bringing me into to their whole their whole camp and just making making magic. Um, so I got with them, and uh, we strategized a little bit how we're we gonna do this album. It took me six months to to um, promote this album. I was like, I can't, I can't just make ten songs and just put it out, right? I gotta promote it. I gotta strategize it, make people who are are already following me um, on their feet, on their toes. Like, oh man, he's gonna release something new. Like, it's been a while. Like, when is he gonna release it? So I, I dragged it out for six months, man. So that was my whole strategy. And when I released it this past year in January, like. It was literally a second win, and I actually caught it, and it actually did so much for me, man. Like this, it really lifted and brought my music, you know, back up. And I really started representing the Lao people a lot more too, because um, I wish I kind of did that back in the day when when I started music, just representing for my Lao people. A lot of my fans were like Filipino or other types of the Asians, and I was always representing that I was Lao. But I feel like I didn't represent it how I was now. I didn't push it as my main thing. And I feel like now the people who are really going to support you is the people who can relate to you 100%. And that's why I do so much. That's how you probably heard about me, right? Yeah. Actually, the very first time uh, I'd seen you was that uh, Salavan remix. Okay. Yeah, on, yeah. On YouTube. So, you know, uh, uh, at that time, all I knew was, uh, uh, was it BGT TV? Yeah, BGZ. BGZ, yeah, 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 on on his channel on YouTube. So I knew about him and like all the uh, you know skits that he does, and I didn't know he rapped. And then I saw the Salavan remix, and then uh, I seen you, and I think you were the last performer uh, mm-hmm. on that track. And then um, you and I were actually part of a Facebook group page, and that's how I saw you again. You know, you were sharing you know some of your uh, some of your work in the the group page. Uh, uh, Laos is a country, not the people, or, or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so that's where I saw you. I was like, hey, I think that's that same guy. And that's when I reached out to you. So, um, and you know, I that's great that you uh, have found success. You know, um, uh, since then, uh, putting out an album and stuff. So, um, tell tell me a little bit about the, uh, the the Lao Pride movement. Yeah, the Lao Pride movement is something that I uh, I wanted to really push for the Lao people. Like I said, the only people that would um, support me itself is a Lao people, so I had to contribute to Lao people, make sure that they could be something, or they can have something to be proud about, you know? Um, a lot of the stuff with the Lao community, with Lao rappers in general, like, you know, like Laosta or whoever else, like, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but it was always on some, like, gangster tip. Mm-hmm. Lao people, gangsters. You think of Lao people, they're gangsters, they're from the hood, and yeah, it's true, because the majority of us, yeah, we all came from, from you know, the ghetto, right? We came here from, from Laos and we got straight sent to the ghetto. So, of course, that's all we knew. And I don't blame anybody from that. And with me, I had a, I came from there. But then, like I said, I went to a different school. So I kind of like saw both sides of the end or both sides of the spectrum, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this whole Lao Pride movement, I made a song called Lao Pride. I was like, before I release this album, I'm going to make a song. And hopefully, people will listen to it and gain a little buzz from it. I made a song called Lao Pride last year in uh, in March, right before Lao New Year. Because I was like, I got to do it right before Lao New Year because 
I know it's going to help me perform at Lao New Year's. You know what I mean? So I made a song called Lao Pride, pushed out a music video, made sure that it was genuine for our culture and, and showed our, our, you know, all our traditional things that we do. Um, so I did that, and that's when I started the Lao Pride movement. I was like, okay, I'm going to make a song called Lao Pride, make sure people are proud and have a movement where people can actually push their stuff out and be proud about it. Because Lao people, we're, we're always, people don't know who Lao people are. You know, let's be real. You probably grew up saying, well, Lao, what's Lao, right? Man, I always joke about, like, when, when people ask about our food, I go, yo, it's just Thai food. Thai food, they take Lao food and throw peanuts on it and call it Thai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's say, yeah. my joke. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it's Lao. It's next to Thai. It's kind of like Thai, but it's different. Like, I mean, we're our own, we're our own race, you know? We got our yeah. own thing going for us. But people really don't really know because um, we don't have people who actually really represent it. We do, but not for the common the common public. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I was like, okay, if I can be the dude that inspires people in that way to just really push out, then it would be good for us, you know? And I'm not saying I'm the only guy, but that's why I started a Loud Pride movement, you know? So I made a song called Loud Pride, and I'm, then I added that Loud Pride movement in it. I was like, if you're proud, be loud. If you're an artist, if you are a, a chef, if you're a doctor, if you're a... Whatever you do, right? You can always have this loud pride movement with you. It's just a hashtag, you know, it's social media, right? Social mm-hmm. media technique. It's just a hashtag. Just hash the loud pride movement. People are like, oh, loud pride. Oh, what, what's loud? What is he proud to be loud? You know, what is that? People will know. And now a lot of people know what loud people are, right? right. People are like, okay, I know what loud is. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people now, there's loud, these loud restaurants opening up. Um, we were just on TV, you know, the papaya people on TV, the the, the green papaya food truck. Oh, okay. It was on. It was on TV representing Lao food. So now we're getting buzz, and we're getting all these people like really knowing who Lao people are. That's what it's all about. Just making sure we represent and be proud of it. You know, Cause a lot of people never really represented. No, no one had a voice. And with me, I feel like I, I do have a voice because I I've always had. Um, I've always pushed myself out, and even even if it wasn't for loud people, it was just for anybody else. But we we can't just attract loud people. We gotta attract everybody else to know who loud people are, right? If they're black, they're white, doesn't matter. Loud and loud people know who loud people are, but do the white people know who loud people are or the right. black people? So that's why, like, I had all these different demographics that were following me. So I was like, okay, I gotta make sure that I do something so people will know. So that's the loud pride movement. Yeah, man. They uh, it, it definitely makes me want to uh, you know, rep that a little bit more on like all my shows. Like it, on all of my shows, you know, it is known that I am Asian, but I don't speak too much about Lao. Like it, it comes up, you know, but uh, I, I don't uh, rep that as much as I probably should now. So after speaking with you, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to drop that a few more, you know, uh, drop some knowledge on some of my shows, you know, about the, the Lao people. That's good because that's that's what I want. That's what I want to hear. That's, yeah. that's why I said I got. I want to inspire whoever. And if I just inspired you right now to push out loud people, that's good. Because with me, I always say I'm an Asian American rapper of loud descent or something. Because as much as I don't say I'm a, I'm a loud rapper, oh, a loud rapper. What's that? I'm an Asian American rapper. Okay, this guy's Asian. Loud. What's loud? What's loud? Right. Yeah. So they start, okay, he's Asian, he's Lao, he's Lao type of Asian or, you know, stuff like that. So you still got to use the fact that you're Asian because that, that's common. Everybody knows 
what Asia is, right? It's a continent. Everybody knows Asian. But they're like, okay, you're separating yourself from Asia and you're doing Laos. So you're Asian and you're Lao. So you're like, that's the thing that I push to. So when whatever you do your shows or whatever, yeah, say you're an Asian guy. But be like, yeah, I'm Asian, but my type of Asian is I'm Lao, you know? Yeah, I usually uh, I usually drop the reference from King of the Hill because his next door neighbors are, are yeah, Lao. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's usually what I go with. Um, but do you you got you got any tours coming up? Uh, I I think recently you gave a shout out to was it uh, Minnesota? Like something coming up coming up mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Uh, you got any other um uh, big cities co- coming up? I'm uh honestly like I'm actually just about to get done with all these crazy shows, man. So Minnesota is probably the last thing that I actually confirmed at the moment. Um, I actually might be going to uh, Qatar in in India. Wow in september but that's still up in the air and i kind of just put it out i don't usually like saying things because i was like i don't believe it so i see this plane ticket or whatever but that was just i got off a phone call a few days ago about that but um, right now minnesota i'm gonna be over there um, to do a few shows at the minnesota state fair i'm out there for two weeks and i was like well i'm out there for two weeks for dancing might as well hopefully book a a gig out there for rapping at a club or whatever so i just i just booked that a few days ago so that's actually my, the last, I think, my, oh, actually, I'm going to Vegas in two weeks, actually. Oh, okay. For the the Lao American National Conference. I forgot to say that. So there's a Lao American National um, Alliance Conference, LANA Conference in Vegas, August uh, 5th or August 6th, that weekend. Oh, it's coming um, out really shortly, yeah. Yeah, it's in about two weeks, exactly. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be speaking at a panel like an entertainment panel, and then I'm going to be performing there. And then right after that, I come home um, for like two weeks, and then I go to Minnesota for two weeks, and I'm performing there. And then from there, I'm actually pretty free. I don't have anything else booked right now. But since since March till now, I've been, almost every weekend, I've been like in a different city, whether it's dancing or rapping, you know? So it's good to have both of them, but it's been pretty hectic. Yeah, if if you ever make it up to Portland, man, we'll have to hook up. I'll show you around or something. Yeah, I've never been, so yeah, that'll be dope, man. Yeah. Um, now, since this is a a movie podcast, you know, I want to talk about you know, in in your spare time, do you watch any TV or or movies? Oh hell yeah, I love TV. What's what's your shows? My shows, my favorite show. I mean, currently, or just... Oh, just in, in general, in anything. In general, okay. Yeah, yeah, just throw yeah. whatever. I would have to say Sons of Anarchy. Okay. That's, like, one of, probably one of my favorites. Um, the Walking Dead, for sure. Yeah, I got a picture with Glenn. Oh, for real? Yeah. The he... Walking Dead is nasty. Well, you I, know... I, it, I love that. I, I was pretty pissed off with that last season, man. When, when uh, hey, spoil, spoil alert for, uh, for the last season if anyone hasn't seen it. So skip ahead if, you, if, you, if, if you're not caught up. But I, they pissed me off, man, when, when they uh, try, try, try to, like, fool us that Glenn was dead. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. Brought, us, uh, brought him back, like, after five episodes. I, I was mad. I you know what's mad. crazy, though? When they did that, I was like, there's no way he's dead because... Like, I, I don't know. I kind of knew it. I was like, there's no way he could be dead. There has to be some dumb movie thing that, or what, some TV thing that they did, you know? That that it was just... It was smart in their move, but yeah, it made you kind of mad because it was like, dang, like... 
I think it was really like the way it was filmed, though. You know, like you yeah. see intestines, but you're not seeing it ripped out of his chest. So that's yeah. why I thought he was alive. And and then when they did, you know, prove that he still lived, I was, I hated how they're like, oh, he just rolled under a trash can. Like, uh, you, you kidding can. me? Come on, man. Yeah, I know. No. It's a so, TV thing. It's what I know. They do. It's TV. <laughs> did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, did you ever but, get into uh, Breaking Bad? I actually did not get into Breaking Bad. You gotta check that out, man. I wish I did because I heard so many good things about it. But I was always stuck on Walking Dead because I came on a Walking Dead late, right? Yeah. Actually, it was with the whole Jabberwockies guys. Like, we all just watched Walking Dead. It was a thing. And, okay, we're gonna pick up on this and catch up and stuff. And Breaking Bad was just like, I couldn't watch both at the same time. I don't know, man. No, I feel you. I like, uh, yeah. I, I started with Walking Dead first, and uh, all my friends were on the Breaking Bad. They were on that kick. And I don't even know how I finally got into watching that. But, you know, it's it's all on Netflix if you're ever interested. But yeah. I, I watched that first episode and I was hooked. You know, like I know some people it takes a, uh, it takes a little bit longer because they say the first few mm-hmm. episodes are a little slow. But, man, it's uh, it's, it's really, really good. If, uh, I've never saw Sands of Anarchy. But um, people would usually say, like, uh, of these three shows here, they would put, like, Breaking Bad up here and then like Sons of uh, Sons of Anarchy and then Walking Dead. But do you mm-hmm. watch Game of Thrones? No. No. Uh, do you, do you I know, I get know, into I fantasy know. or not? Not not really. But okay. I'm I'm into TV shows though. But my my whole problem is like once you see an episode, all I do is just watch TV. Like I got a Hulu account. I got a Netflix account. I got like I don't have cable no more. I had cable in Vegas, but I don't have cable back here in San Diego. So I'm always on the internet. So I got all these different apps that I use. You know, so I got all of these, all the uh, streaming apps, and I just, all I do is stay home and watch. And I just feel so lazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, Sons of Anarchy is done. I finished that. I feel like Sons of Anarchy is really, really good. Okay, so you, you would you call yourself like a kid of the 90s? Um, nah, I wouldn't. No? I would say more of early 2000s. Oh, okay. Because I was born in, I was born in 92, so I was young in the 90s. I was okay. a kid in the 90s, of course, but I didn't really, like, do things. Because by the time I was 8, it was 2000 already, you know what I mean? So I was still young. Um, so w- do you have an opinion, like, uh, Fresh Prince versus Martin? I was more on the Fresh Prince side. Okay. Yeah, what about, uh, what kind of cartoons did you grow up on? Rugrats? Grew up... Rugrats, yeah. Rugrats, Rocket Power. What about um, the Dragon Ball Z the... and stuff? Dragon Ball Z, of course, for sure. That's my favorite cartoon of all time, man. Okay. Dragon Ball is my favorite. Are you... I still need. I still heard about this new, uh, new uh, saga that they came out with. I still gotta catch that. Um, but... are you are you on that uh, Pokemon Go kick like everybody else is? I did for like the first week. I'm over it now. <laughs> I'm over it. Are you? Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm super casual, man. Like, um, I downloaded it like uh, a couple days after it released because some of my friends, they're like, "Well, with your job, you're walking around everywhere. Like, you know, this really helped. You know, like you you would do really good." And so, yeah. like the the you know the first day on the job, I pulled out my phone like maybe four times during the day, and I'd never see anything near me. So I'm like, ah, this this is lame. So, so like every three or four days, I'd pull out the phone. So that's how casual I am. Yeah, yeah. And then me, me too. Like I, when it first came out, I was actually in the Bay Area. I was in San Jose, San Francisco area. It was uh, like last week. Oh, it came out a week, right? So last week it came out. I downloaded the first day. I was like, 
oh my gosh, I didn't know how to play, but I was like, oh crap. Like once I figured it out, it was it became hella fun and everybody, all my friends were doing it too. We're we're in San Francisco just playing this game. They had all these pokey stops and everything. We're trying to level up so we can hit gyms. And that was cool that you have people around you playing it. But it got to the point where it's like I became casual about it. I'm like, man, like, okay, I came back to San Diego. I'm not really trying to walk around and find Pokemon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's cool. Like, I don't mind really traveling or whatever, trying to find Pokemon. You're out. So you're out in downtown, just messing around. You turn the game real quick. Like, oh, my God, it's a Charizard or a Dragonite. Oh, cool. Let's, let's catch it. But my whole thing is, like, like that's not fun to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like catching Pokemon, you're just doing this, catching <laughs> it. Um, but then, like, the whole thing is, like, the whole fighting thing, the, the whole gym thing where you have to go somewhere to fight, like, I really just want to fight before I'm in bed because, you know, you're on your phone on your bed. I was, like, really just trying to just be in bed and just fight people, but I can't do that because I got to go somewhere at, at a pokey gym to fight. Well, I'm so, not at a high enough level to even like, get into any of the gyms. See, that's how bad. I, I think I'm yeah. still on, like, level two. Oh, man. The uh, what, what kind of, what what's some of your favorite movies? Movies. The Warriors. The, the, the 1979 yeah, movie? 1970, really? Yeah, 1970. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. man. That's like probably one of my all-time favorites, man. The Warriors. How'd you get into that one since that's so way before your time? It's just that movie itself. Because like I said, I'm heavily into the hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. And that, that movie was pretty much around where hip-hop started with the whole biker gang or the whole New York gang, the whole New York outlaw gangs. You know what I'm saying? So, um it was always one of the things like if you're a real hip hop head, you gotta watch the Warriors. So we watched it. So with the Warriors and that that whole move, that whole flick itself, like inspired my crew. It's my crew, my breaking crew. We were called uh, Calamity Era, right? Hence why I got my name Aeronetic was from Calamity Era. And then we watched the Warriors and we're like, yo, the Warriors. That just sounds catchy. So let's just call ourselves the Calamities. So that's how we got the name, the Calamities from calamity era so um just that movie like i don't know have you seen it you seen it yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, i've seen it a couple of times it's, really, it's good. really good it's really good like it blew me um i think it was just something somebody suggested to me you know and i saw it on netflix one mm-hmm. day and i watched it and then like some of the quotes were being said i'm like oh my god like I, i've heard some of these like in music mm-hmm. you know like they'll play mm-hmm. a clip of some of this and uh some of the the you know some of the sayings are still used today mm-hmm. you know uh some of the pop culture references but i use it but yeah i use it in one of my recent songs on an album actually like uh you know how like in the words he goes warriors come out to play did that that famous right. scene right and i was talking uh-huh. i made a song for for like for like it was like a love song i was like shoddy's like a warrior coming out to play what, what, what album was that on the second win yeah oh is it yeah, it's on the okay. track track nine rose apple i was like shorty is like a warrior coming out to play you know the whole warriors coming out to play yeah right right. So right. i, I oh, use okay. that as reference too so that's cool that you mentioned that so i was like yeah i mean it's that movie is a classic yeah yeah for sure it um yeah i'm a little surprised uh i i didn't know it to be like a like a hip-hop thing i mean it makes sense what you're saying like i think of movies like scarface you know when when people associate that with like the hip hop culture and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, that people always point to something like that. I've never actually heard people say like the Warriors as a 
as, as an example of that. But that's very interesting. Okay. Uh, do, do you have a, a favorite uh, gang from the Warriors? Favorite gang? I like the uh, the baseball gang. The, the the one with the the face yeah, paint the face and paint. the that, that was pretty the, the old school New York Yankee yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's pretty gangster <laughs> but of course the Warriors the Warriors the whole the whole like the whole jean jacket the whole that whole feel and the vest like yeah, that's dope but I mean you know uh, uh one of the guys is uh played Raiden in the Mortal Kombat two really annihilation yeah uh I I don't remember his character name but uh-huh. he's the one that uh got handcuffed to to the park bench and it was like uh that that girl yeah, ended but, up being a cop yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that guy he 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 was raiding in uh, mortal kombat oh, 2 wow. that's crazy <laughs> so you, you're gonna have to next time you watch that you're gonna have to look at him yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. You could, his voice still sounds the same too <laughs> that's crazy so that's funny so yeah well, one last thing and we'll, we'll wrap it up you mentioned that uh you know when, when you were younger you played uh you know like football and basketball and stuff like that uh do you do you watch sports? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I'm a big sports guy, man. What, what's your what's your teams? My teams, my football team are Chargers. The, nah, the New England oh. Patriots. Oh okay. The Patriots. So. So you're a Patriots fan? How, big fan of Patriots, man. That that's crazy how it claim came out. Like, I feel like if, if I was, I feel like if I was, uh, if the Chargers were good and I knew who they was when I was a kid, I'd probably be a Chargers fan. Okay. But I was hey. I, I played football like I was in the leagues like everything like I said, but um my favorite color was blue, and silver or blue and gray, and I was playing NFL game day back in like you know PlayStation one days, and um I would always pick you know the blue and silver team which were the Patriots you know so, um, I didn't know who the San Diego Chargers were. I was young I didn't know who the Chargers were uh, I just picked the team color and then, then they won the Super Bowl and it, you know. It, during that time, I, I didn't really watch football seasons. It was like, you just watch the Super Bowl, you know? Uh-huh. So I watched it. I was like, oh, crap. This is my team right here. I'm going to go for them. What the heck? They're on, you know, they made it to the Super Bowl. They won. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then I, I got my, my team to be called the Patriots. Like, I became team captain. I got to name the team. Like, I was big on the Patriots. And then uh, during b- basketball, though, like, I never really had a team growing up. But I was a big uh, Tracy McGrady fan. You know Tracy McGrady? I don't know if you're a sports mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. So I was a big Tracy McGrady fan. I was like my favorite basketball player. Um, because I didn't really um I saw Jordan play, but I was too young to really follow Jordan, right? Right. I'm still a big Jordan fan, but um like I said, I'm more of an early two thousands kind of kid, right? Um so Tracy McGrady was my dude and Allen Iverson. So I was always just following where they went. But right now, my my basketball team are the uh, the LA Clippers right now. Okay. So, yeah. So that, that's uh, I'm, my basketball team. I'm obviously Portland Trail Blazers. So mm-hmm. you know we matched up last yeah, last postseason. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went to the uh, the Blazers and Clippers playoff game. The, oh yeah. The very first playoff game I was there in LA. Oh and, okay. That uh, should you know that that video that you probably saw recently that video it kind of went viral my loud video that I rapped in. Which yeah, one? that that recent one I just posted a few days ago when I was rapping in Lao. Yeah, like yeah, the, the one right, the, the one where you where you're up against a brick wall. Yeah, against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the yeah, so that was the same day I went to the the Blazers Clippers game. Oh no, kidding! Okay, that, that was shot in L.A. and I went to L.A. to go see the game. So in the morning I did that video and then uh, I went to see that game and yeah, we we, just, we were smashing on y'all though. We, I think it was like <laughs> a thirty a thirty point game. We beat you guys and then. Uh, 
then all our players got injured and y'all just just beat us. I was like, damn it. Yeah, yeah, you know, bad luck, bad luck. <laughs> I know. I like, Everyone gets injured against the Blazers, man. I I, I remember that uh, one game with like Steve Nash when he was on the Lakers. Like he played against the Blazers and boom, out for the rest of the year. Derek Rose, boom, out for the rest of the year. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't even There's know There's something that. about the team. Yeah, I don't know. I know. But um, what I was going to ask was, uh, you, you mentioned Tracy McGrady, that you just kind of followed him. Uh, but which team did you like him best on? Ooh. Orlando? Houston? That's tough. Man. I would, if this was two years ago, I'd probably say Houston. But now I just don't like Houston at all. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't like James Harden. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, so, I don't know who does. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, now I don't like the Rockets. But when he had the Yao Ming, I think, I think that's when he was at his best though, with the Rockets. But I became okay. a fan when he was on the Magic. When he was on the uh, the Raptors, I, I it was short, so I didn't really, really like follow it too much when he was in the Raptors because it was like really short. But he he built his uh, his stardom in in Orlando, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got his like Tracy McGrady shoes and stuff. It was in it was in when he was in Orlando, but I feel like he was at his best with the Rockets. All right, and uh, what were your thoughts on Kobe? Because, because uh, you you mentioned uh, you know Michael Jordan, you know uh, that uh, you know you're a big fan, but then the Clippers are your team. Mm-hmm. Where where do you uh, fall with Kobe? Kobe, I I was never a Kobe fan. I was never a Lakers fan, but I always give respect when respect is due. You know, sure. so I always give respect to Kobe because he did accomplish so much. Now I only know this now because I'm older now. So then, like, I always get in an argument with one of my best friends. His name is Peter Pooks. He's like one of my best friends. We always argue when it comes to sports. We're both New England Patriots fans because we grew up as a kid. We grew up, you know, since kids, and we became Patriot fans. But when it comes to like basketball, whatever else, we always like to debate with each other. And I would say this: like, sometimes you're older now. You just gotta give respect. So Kobe, yeah, he's probably the second best shooting guard of all time, right? Mm. And um, he he built a legacy. And I, I really, I was, I'm honestly truly sad that I never got to see him live when I could have, you know? I, I could have just, I should have, you know what I mean? I should have just bought it. Even though I'm not a Lakers fan, just to see him live at least once would have been dope. Because I don't think he, I think he's probably the last of, I mean, now there's LeBron, but like, a legend like a top five NBA player, top ten maybe, you know, mm-hmm. it was Kobe, and I didn't get to see him live, but he, I gave respect to him. He, he, he is one of the best of all time. So, I just want to thank uh, Aaronetic again for giving me the opportunity to interview him. If you want to find more of his content, you can visit AeronaticOfficial.com. His album is also available on iTunes. Uh, you can also find him on other social media platforms, such as Instagram and Twitter. Just uh, search at Aeronetic. He's also got a Facebook page. So for any of my content, you can visit followingfilms.com, where I have uh, Hydrate Level 4 and Original Remake. You can also visit CorteParts.com for my other show, We Got 5, where my co-host and I, we pick a topic every week and discuss our top five favorites. So until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level 4. I see you looking at me. Look, looking at me. Gonna show you who the fuck I be. I see you looking at me. Look, looking at me. I don't blame you on the sight to see. But you a bad one too. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So let me go show you what to do. We can move around.
spot with my head high. They be stopping by trying to say hi. Henny in my cup, got that good vibe. Acting like we homies, but nice try. Shawty coming in, trying to get attention. Asking for the guest list with my name to mention. When she walking in through that doubt, all these fellas dropping back like, who that thou? Hot ain't trying to holler, let them go first. Keeping it chill, I don't feel thirst. Game on lock, watch when I burst. Operating like a doctor, I shit my nurse. Taking me away to the dance floor. Booty looking good with the fit that she wore. Swinging up on me, dipping twos and fours. I'm the goalie, she the striker, but I let her score. She a thug, though. She the baddest on the block. A red fine, so fly like a hawk. Bought a homie down like she was my rock. And it is all cash, she was on my damn chai. Been around the world, had a lot of girls. Bad game good, making all these toes curl. Representing SD with a swing is big. They go find the city. I see you looking at me. Look, looking at me. Gonna show you who the fuck I be. I see you looking at me. Look, looking at me. 